How's it going, everyone? This is Brad Williams with Over 40 Fitness Hacks. Uh, I have my season co-star with me, Dr. Laniel Mitchell with Physio Gym. How are you doing, Dr. Laniel? All good, Brad. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, so uh, this episode is kind of an intro. Um, I've been working with uh, Dr. Laniel and Physio Gym for the last three years and you know, has a different type of philosophy on physical therapy. It's so much more than that. And he has a wide array of different uh, talents and different modalities and works with different, uh, you know, groups of fitness people, you know, athletes and, you know, senior citizens. And oh, of course, over 40, uh, you know, with our with our listeners. So why don't you take it away, Lanil? It's funny that you think about that or said that because I, I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to talk about here? And, you know, I figured you'd be able to lead me pretty well, but I always joke around and say that you have to have a better sense of human, right? And so, like you just said, you know, a lot of times when I was coming through, a physical therapist was kind of told, you know, you need to specialize in niche, niche in this thing, right? You're going to be the elbow PT or the knee PT and nobody's the PT for the person. Right. And basically, I realized that that was a big issue. You don't want to remove the parts from the whole. And now we really know, you know, 20 years later, that it's not just your knee that's causing your problem. It's your lifestyle. It's your diet. It's your fitness. It's so this this idea of understanding the kind of cradle to the grave principle and how our body really changes over time is critical, not only for helping the older person, but also the young person, vice versa. Right. What happens mostly over our lifespan is we start out very not athletic as a little toddler, right? Every single human being gets more athletic until they reach a point where they start to decline and then they progressively come become less athletic and less functionally capable and less resilient and ultimately left less competent, competent and also confident in their physical capability. And we need right, to so, slow that process down. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, that's, I, I joke around about that. That's like the one thing about life that if we could change it, man, I would change it. The rest of it, this idea about being a human is just an awesome experience for us, but it's unfortunate that we have this inevitable decline that's going to happen. And, you know, especially uh, for this uh, genre that you're talking to now, fitness over 40, one of the things that I've been really thinking about lately is like, how many people really know and understand and appreciate what's really getting ready to happen to them as they get older? Basically, you know, you have this idea how the uh, person develops over time, right? And one of the things that I'm finding consistently, especially in fitness and really in injuries, is that people don't really understand what's getting ready to happen to them as they get older. Right. Especially if you think about the 20 year old, they're not even thinking. About they, don't, it, right? they don't even care. I did an episode yeah. about like the different age groups. And that's the problem. Like if I can go back in time and help them, this, these are the things I would do. But the problem is right. they don't listen. Right. Exactly. Now, the cool part for me is, you know, and this I always feel like what I do is invaluable because some of the stuff that we work on with people gives them an insight into something that can really change their lives in the future. You know, what a physical therapist really does is improve somebody's self-efficacy, 
so yeah, so they, most young people don't really pay attention to what's going to happen to them when they're older. But even when they come into physical therapy, they're getting a glimpse of it, right? The sooner that somebody can actually, in my opinion, get the experience of working with the physical therapist, the better, because then they have a better understanding of what it really is. Unfortunately, the way chiropractic is and you know how this, the healthcare system is, you usually don't end up going to see a physical therapist or developing a relationship with a physical therapist almost until it's too late. And traditionally in our society, the physical therapist has been the reactive practitioner, right? It's exactly. not the pro the proactive practitioner that you go to see, you know, especially for anything preventative or anything that's performance oriented, which is what I ended up kind of shifting my career towards. But I never wanted to get too pigeonholed and go into one thing because, like I said, you have to have a better sense of human. So if you just focus on one aspect, you end up missing all of these other things that can teach you more even about that one aspect that you love so much or that you have the passion for. Yeah. And you know, uh, I was going to let my audience know when I first met you too, the one thing that really stood out um, to me of all the other physical therapists that I met, and I've met a million of them, um, was the fact that your whole philosophy is, you know, it's not just taking 20 year olds and making them athletes. Obviously you want to catch them early on, but it doesn't matter if you're 40, 50, 60, 70, your philosophy is not just to get them better, but then also make them athletic, which is a totally different philosophy. I don't want to be, a, you know, just back to, you know, my pain's gone. I want to be better than when I, before my pain. And that's what right. I've seen you take people through that. And that's even, you know, even though someone in their seventies can only do so much, you get them to do much more than they were doing prior to even that injury. So I just wanted to throw that plug out there for everyone listening. Yeah, I'll, I'll add on to that. I was just having a great conversation with a client about this yesterday, really. Um, just had a you know a meniscus surgery, and, and I was trying to exactly, like I was just talking about, explaining to her what was getting ready to happen next, right? Showing that roadmap and saying, here's where we're going, right? And ultimately... I was really lucky. I, I played two sports in college and then I went to work with the University of Cincinnati and the Cincinnati Bengals first out of school. And I was like, just in general, like, whoa, this isn't what we were taught in school, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, this, the whole situation was completely different working in the athletic uh, training room and being in the, on the sports medicine staff at a university. You know, and traditionally at that, especially at that time, they didn't have physical therapists working in the training rooms at universities. It was usually only athletic trainers and sports medicine docs. And that's been a big, you know, shift that's happening. Actually, the uh, NFL now requires each team has to have a licensed doctor of physical therapy on their staff to, because ultimately we have a unique body of knowledge that that's why we have our doctorates now, because yeah. this unique body of knowledge deserves a doctor. And it also is fitting for the uh the customer or the consumer, they deserve to have access to that practitioner, whether it's an athlete or, you know, somebody that's 70 years old or that's a 10 year old kid that, you know, just broke their arm or whatever it is, you should be able to freely access that practitioner that has that unique body of knowledge. And that's one of the things that's changed in the United States in the last 15 years. You used to have to go to a physical therapist or you, excuse me, you used to have to go to a physician prior going or before you would go to uh, see your physical therapist. Now you can go see your physical therapist directly without going to a physician first, right? Which yeah. the reason why is it costs way more money. It takes way longer for you to heal. And ultimately that's what we're getting down to, right? This lady in this conversation that I was having, I said, you know, we would never do that with Ben Roethlisberger, right? Obviously I'm a Pittsburgh Steeler, right? So 
why should anybody else be expected to be treated less than what we would do with a professional athlete? And that was my kind of pie in the sky idea when I was first coming out of school and going through the University of Cincinnati and everything when I didn't really understand the business and health insurance and all of these things. So I set out to do the moral, you know, kind of ethical obligation that I thought that, that we should have as PEPs and try to figure out how to get that same level of quality at a more affordable price and then create a business model behind it where we could facilitate it. And then give it to the masses. I remember you talking about exactly. that. That's, that's the yeah. one thing. So everyone can experience this. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Why would you, why would you want your mother to go to some physical therapy place and get, you know, less? Like 40% yeah. shoulder pain gone and that's it. And then you send her back out. Right. It, it makes no sense. And in fact, the health insurance stuff is set up like that. It's one of the things I've been saying lately, like you really can't trust your health insurance to take care of. Right. And that's kind of how people lean on their health insurance to go, well, whatever my health insurance covers, that's what I should be doing. Right now, especially being out here in Southern California, I've met clients that, you know, just have much more luxury in their budget for what they can spend on their wellness. Right. Which is one of the reasons I wanted to move out here. So those types of people know it's one of the reasons why they have a PPO a lot of times in their, their insurance plan is because they yep. want to go out and work. They want to spend a little bit more money to get the best quality things. Unfortunately, not everybody can do that. But a lot of people put a lot of trust in their health insurance that it's going to cover what they need. And most of the time, it really doesn't. Most of the time, you're getting this kind of suboptimal, uh, you know, whatever we can do to fit your budget type of situation. And it's just, it's just not the best. And the problem with it is, is there's no presentation of, well, here is what is what's the best case for you. It's just like, well, this is what you what you can afford. Here's what you get type of thing. And then you get left off literally at 85%. So once we start documenting that a patient has about 85% of their function, the insurance company says, oh, you don't need to be 100%. And that's where I was like, whoa, we would never do this with Carson Palmer or oh, yeah. Antonio Brown or Troy Palomala, any of these athletes that I've worked with, Ronda Rousey. You would never do that. You would get fired, right? Literally the opposite. When I went into the, the University of Cincinnati my first year, it was uh, 2006. And that year, the uh, New York Yankees had five guys pull their hamstring in, uh, in training, and they fired their sports medicine and strength and conditioning staff and hired a new one right? A couple of different people. And it was like, whoa, you know, and my boss was like, look, we got a job to do here. It's about performance, right? This old system in health insurance where you could do 85%. My boss in Cincinnati always used to say, junior, 90% is not an A around here, right? (laughs) 100%. 100% all the time, right? But that's not what you're going to get when you go to these other physical therapy places out there. Right. So, and ultimately, you know, like I said, it's, yeah. So morally and ethically, right. We should be doing the right thing for people because we know that if we don't right now, that we're going to push this problem out five or 10 years later, and they're going to have to have a joint replacement, a knee replacement, hip replacement, or something like that. But our healthcare system is set up like that. Right. So not only do you end up with this joint replacement, you always also end up with usually a decreased quality of life and also a decreased level of functional capacity and also resiliency, which ends up leading to you having less confidence. Right. So now you have this lower level quality of life and basically you're heading towards this chronic disease situation because you don't have that physical capacity and resiliency. The next thing you know, you wake up later, you have diabetes, heart disease, and you can't walk. Right. And it's like, 10 years before, had you gotten treated correctly, you would have been fine, yep. right? And it, it, that's at least to me the minimum that we could be doing, 
right? Yeah. So, right, it's not easy. You don't even have to do the maximum to get to that point, right? We're not even doing the minimum, right? Yeah. And I was going to point out uh, back on the health insurance, I mean, the whole way it's set up is most of them are not set up to where you get to 85% or 90%. It's literally a number of sessions and then they cut right. you off. So then, right. and everyone's mind is like, okay, well, I did my sessions and, you know, and from, from what I've seen, uh, a lot of people are like, well, I just, I don't need it or I can't afford physical therapy anymore. I feel pretty good. Let me just see what I can do on my own. And it's funny because in my world and personal training, people are willing to pay for us to train them. But in physical therapy, they only are like, well, I only want to go for so long until I feel better and then switch back over when they should just keep going. <laughs> Yeah, so that's why I started PhysioGym, right, was to solve all of these problems that we have with the insurance, you know, not being able to go to see a physical therapist without a referral from a doctor, and ultimately really seeing a functional transfer, right? One of the biggest things that we do in physical therapy really is to follow a functional evaluation-based protocol, right? So the best physical therapists do that. It's not always that way. Sometimes we're following what's called a time-based protocol where it's like we do this at two weeks and we do this in four weeks and we do this in 10 weeks. Now, that at the highest levels, especially with athletes, we never do that because we know that one athlete's going to recover at a different speed than the other. We know that a 20-year-old is going to recover at a different speed than a 60-year-old. A 60-year-old that is in super great shape, that works out all the time, that comes to see you it Evolve and does personal training sessions and eats a healthy diet and lives a you know a healthy lifestyle versus somebody that smokes and has you know diabetes and they have maybe you know autoimmune problems we know that the recovery process is going to be a lot different so what people yep. don't know is most of the time when they go to physical therapy because they don't understand how it works and the they typically aren't going to the pt first they're going to the physician and then the physician sends them to their pt buddy and says hey pt buddy follow this protocol for me right so the patient never understands or becomes actually a part of the equation at all and it's just do what i tell you to do follow you know the knee protocol one or knee protocol two and they walk them through this program and it's not individualized or customized towards exactly getting them to their goals that they want just like we see in personal training right yep. but in physical therapy everything that we do is functional it's not necessarily about look at look at my biceps right type of that's thing, my right? job that's my yeah job. Exa exa exactly right we want to make sure that that bicep is functioning correctly so people can reach and throw and do all the activities throughout their daily life and it's not really functional unless we're actually seeing a functional transfer and improvement in their lives right so in physical therapy is all based on that also primarily because that's what the insurance companies require they require us to say oh no you know mrs brown is actually walking 20 feet further than she was in two minutes in this test that we did or yeah they're able to go up and down the stairs now with one foot at a time without holding on to the railing so we see these functional improvements and it's, you know, what we want to see for everybody in anything that we're doing. If we're going to make an investment of any type, right, especially into our wellness or into our health, we want to see that true functional transfer, right? But most of the time, people are just looking to try to turn the check engine light off, yep. right? They, they're not thinking about how they drive their car, or how they maintenance their car and all of these other things. In fact, though, most people maintenance their car better than they do their own bodies. 100%. Right? I believe right? that's 100%. Yeah, 100%.
So in this process with PT and pain and function, most people aren't really paying attention to that future. They're just so focused on the conflict that they're having right now because they can't enjoy their quality of life. They can't do the things that they want to do on a daily basis. So like I said, the physio gym is designed to try to serve these needs for people and also make it as cost effective as possible. I always kind of say that, you know, the only person that we can't help is somebody that's just like, I don't want to be helped. I don't, I don't want anything to do with this, right? I give people free information all the way up to these, you know, amazing gold packages where we're, you know, completely one-on-one and stretching and massaging and doing this, you know, uh, you know, very exhaustive process with them, process with them that's similar to what I do with my professional athletes. Like when I was working with Ronda Rousey, we were doing three to four hours at a time, right? Rhonda could afford that. Not everybody yeah. else can afford to pay three or four you know, hour PT sessions at a time, one-on-one with a therapist like me. But that doesn't mean that it's not my job to figure out how to give somebody an equivalent for what they can afford. Exactly. But you also have packages that are lower and just can sure. get someone at least yeah. started. So. Yeah. But a lot of, a lot of people have that kind of elitist attitude when it comes to this type of stuff. And that's always been my thing is like, if a program really works, especially when we're talking about training athletes, particularly, right, it should work for everybody. So same with physical therapy. If we have a philosophy behind what we're doing, it shouldn't only work on your 40 year old this or your, you know, 25 year old professional athlete. Right. And and if you think that you're probably actually missing on a lot of things that you could actually be making better for that 25 year old athlete, because you're ignoring the full spectrum of the human development. And And it just, when you do that, it causes you to miss a lot of details that just, you don't know what you don't know. Yep, exactly. Well, uh, I think that kind of gives a, a real good understanding and overview of uh, physio gym and kind of your history and past. Um, and I really like the reference to the, you know, that's a good shaming we can put on our listeners out there, how you guys all take better, better uh, care of your cars and you do your own body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, uh, any, uh, any uh, final words on, on just physio gym in general and what you're doing uh, before we uh, end this episode? Would say that I would just tell anybody to try, you know, whether it's me or anybody else, try to find a physical therapist that you can work with. I was actually just doing some uh, reading on this that, you know, people will go to their yearly physicals, for example, right? And those, the data that they get from those year, yearly physicals is almost useless, right? If you go get your blood pressure tested once, you have actually no idea what's going on with your blood pressure. No. Right. So you need when you're really looking at trying to find out what's going on with your blood pressure, you need to test it multiple times a day. Like if somebody has a blood pressure problem, that's actually what they have them do. Right. They go and you have to test it frequently over a long period of time to see what's actually going on. And in my opinion, a physical therapist, the assessments and the evaluations that we can do are just invaluable for people. Right. Especially people in your your uh, category here in this genre that are looking for fitness over 40 right? Is that if you don't know that you have a tight hamstring, but you want to get in better shape, you're destined for failure. Yep. Right. It is just going to eventually catch up with you. You have to put first things first and address those things. And that's what really all the literature is showing right now. The things that we need to be testing people for that physical have way less to do with the medical testing that we do, where we're looking at blood pressure and heart rate. We need to look at, uh, you know, waist to hip measurements for body fat type of testing and chronic disease, physical capacity. How fast can you stand up from a chair? 
right? How fast can you stand up from a chair is actually the number one predictor of quality of life as you get older, which is basically, you know, reflective of your leg power. But we, we don't know what we don't know. And that's kind of my mission right now is to try to bring the awareness of these basic things too. It's not, it's not something that's rocket science, right? Like how to correctly turn your head. Like people just don't know the basics, but how can you try to figure out how to program your iPhone and customize all these different things, start your own podcast and all of this stuff. And you don't even know whether your hamstrings are tight. Yep. <laughs> right. Which is going to have this, you know, significant, long lasting, you know, effect on you. And I kind of, you know, when it looks, when you look at investing, which I think people over 40 understand this better, right? You want something that's going to have this continuous, you know, reproducible, reliable, valid return. It's going to keep coming back and exponentially growing. And I was just talking about this with somebody the other day. I was like, I can't really price what I do correctly because even one session with me, if I can get to, you know, to the heart of things, I might change your life for the next 10 years. Yep. What, what's that worth to you? Right. There's some of the stuff, these, these hacks that we teach people, you know, it's stuff that's going to go with them the rest of their lives. You know, these athletes that I see, you know, it's stuff that they're going to learn that is super practical and functional for the rest of their lives. Why? Yeah, no, all, all that stuff is real important. And especially for our listeners, you know, you really need to start worrying about the future and getting some of this, you know, uh, muscle imbalances, kinetic chains, you know, caught early. I mean, we're all over 40 at this point, most of the listeners. Yeah. So, but it's never too late. Um, so, can I uh, add there something? Yeah, good. This is just a drive economy. I always say it's like a 401k. There's no better day to start than today. Right. And that's the problem. If you don't start with this stuff now, it just keeps snowballing. Right. And that's one of the things that I love about working with you at Evolve. I see these folks that are over 40 and they're trying to put the effort in and they're getting some results. But you don't really know how much better you could be when you start addressing all these imbalances and issues that you have. Because they're really what's causing those, those deficiencies. Everybody, you know, has it in their mind. They're like, yeah, I know I have one leg that's a little tighter or weaker than the other. Right. But they don't really know how to address it. They don't even know that they can address it a lot of the times. They just think, oh, this is the way I was, you know, I was born or whatever type of thing. So. Yeah. Great. Um, so uh, thank you, uh, Dr. Laniel, for uh, coming on our show. Um, for our listeners, uh, what is the best way to get a hold of you? Website, social media? Yep. Yeah. So social media, I'm at Dr. Laniel on Instagram and you can easily find me at Laniel Mitchell on Facebook. You know, I'm pretty responsive to people's, you know, messages directly, you know, physio gym, F-Y-Z-I-O-G-Y-M, like it says on my shirt here. You know, if you just search for that, you can find us. We're on social media, you know, physio at physio gym revolution on Instagram and, you know, the, the best email to reach me, if you're looking at, you know, trying to set up a consultation, we do free consultations, both in person and, uh, you know, virtually, you would uh, basically look for Jim Physio, G-Y-M-F-Y-Z-I-O, at physiogym.com, F-Y-Z-I-O-G-Y-M. Okay. And uh, like always, with all my uh, co-stars on all my seasons, I'll put all the details in the in the notes section for all our listeners too. So the links will be in there. You can just click on them. Uh, so uh, thank you, Dr. Neil, for jumping on the show and uh, we'll get you back on for another four episodes, hopefully. Awesome. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> cool. <laughs>